Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan, and this is Adulting 101. You're listening to the July 2020 edition of the Millennial of the Month. Being an adult is stressful, and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up, and let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. As you can tell by the title, and obviously the intro to this episode, I am back with another Millennial of the Month interview, and I'm so excited about this one. Because first of all, this is our first ever male millennial to come on the podcast and to share their story. And I am so excited because unlike any other guest I have had as the millennial of the month, the guest this month is, wait for it, someone I know in real life. That's right. I did not meet him through Instagram. I know him from real human interaction. And I know that this is rare and unusual, but this month's guest is one of my dear friends and colleagues actually which we'll discuss a little bit in the episode from when i went to the university of waterloo his name is kathison kv for short and we get into a really interesting discussion because you see kv actually went to school to become a high school teacher and his career path changed as he struggled to adjust into different jobs and different work environments after university and this sort of led him on his own path surrounding figuring out his identity, coping with mental health struggles, and really just finding what his purpose is. So Kathison now works in the field of adult education, where he currently builds educational programs for university students who live in residence. And he is just a regular guy working a regular job. And I say that only because the majority of my guests have been entrepreneurs up to this point in time but he has an incredible message to share. So I am so excited to get into this episode where KV and I have a really open and honest conversation about self-discovery, about navigating adulthood, about learning how to find yourself and how that can often lead to shifts in our desires for our lives, into our desires for what our career looks like, And really just the process of navigating that evolution, trying to figure out what you're meant to do, learning to pivot when that thing you were meant to do doesn't turn out to be the thing you were meant to do, and sort of just how we can face the hard stuff in that process and understand that sometimes there is no answer and it's okay to not have it. So I don't know if any of that made sense, but this conversation really hit home with me and I think that it's gonna resonate a lot with you and KV is just such a genuine and incredible person and I'm so excited to get into this episode. So without further ado, let's hop right in. But before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you all that for the month of July, I am running a promotion where I am giving away $5 Starbucks gift cards to anyone who leaves a review of this podcast on iTunes, screenshots it, and emails it to me at info at lifestylebydesignstudio.com. Again, all you got to do is hop on iTunes, write a review, can just be like one or two sentences, screenshot it, email it to me, info at lifestylebydesignstudio.com and I will send you your $5 Starbucks gift card. Just a reminder that this offer expires Friday, July 31st, so if you want that free Starbucks, you better email me soon or you're paying for it yourself. Without further ado though, let's get right into the episode. Okay, hello KV, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thank you for having me. This is 
this is my first ever interview kind of thing, right? Or chat. What are we calling this? This is just a regular everyday podcast <laughs> interview. This is fun. So KV and I, um, we actually went to university together. And while we mm-hmm. were in university, like seven years ago, I guess, we were what's yeah. called dons at our school. Some schools call it like resident advisor, RAs. Basically, they entrusted us with the responsibility of other young adults, which is really questionable if you ask Absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know. We, we came out okay. I think we're good people. But definitely back then, it was one of those like, oh, me? Okay. Is this for real? Guiding the youth of tomorrow? Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll do my best. But yeah, so I thought it would be fun to chat with someone. Also, KV is the first male that I've ever interviewed on this oh, podcast. Oh, wow. So Amazing. that's just like a whole nother level of things. But All right, I got I to gotta really step it up. You know, I can't be the... I, I, I got to make sure I do good. I got to do great, right? <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Everything's fine. Okay, <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's start this off. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Right. So my name is Kevison. Uh, my entire name is 30 letters, but I won't take the entire time saying that. But just like Danielle said, we met at the University of Waterloo. Uh, my career path was going into education. I'm sure we'll talk about the twists and turns of my life, but it was kind of the focus was to go into education. And then I found myself to adult education. I just like working with people. I like talking to people. Uh, that's just something I'm really passionate about. Uh, as much as sometimes people frustrate me, I understand that to really belong and fit into this world, like you have to be able to work with people and talk to people. And uh, that's why I think that's where my passions kind of took me to. And like I said, random twists. I used to teach high school and now I'm in adult education. Uh, that's, I think, a good beginning part, unless I miss something. Yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> Those of you who listen to this podcast, you know that in my life, I experienced some pretty drastic career changes. Mm-hmm. And so when I've been obviously following KV since we met each other many years ago, and it's been interesting to watch you also navigate a similar situation, very different career paths like you to me, but mm-hmm. this sort of evolution of thinking that you were set out for one specific thing trying it out and then reaching this point where you're kind of like, well, oh shit, like I actually hate this. And why did I spend so much time in this Mm -hmm. thing? And where do I go from here? I think is more the sense that I know I felt in my career. I'm not sure if you can relate to that as well. I I think a little bit, right? Like when we got into university, what, we were 17, 18 years old. And at some point we were supposed to try to already have figured it out. And I mean, I mentioned I was going into teaching and that's a profession that you generally do until retirement. So you go to university, what, 22, and then you retire at 65. That's 43 43 years of your life that you just assume that, hey, you're going to do this. And you're still discovering about yourself. Uh, And so as I was kind of learning about what things interested me, what things didn't, I found that it was weird to have put all my eggs in this basket, which we assumed we were supposed to do at the beginning, right? And then it's just about trying to discover yourself through this. It's a, it's a very messy process. And I don't think we were ever advised about how messy it could be. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you've got that kind of guidance, but I thought I was supposed to already know it all by, by the time we were dons. So it was just about trying to piece this all together at that point, once you realize that, hey, maybe this is not what you thought it was, or maybe this is not what you wanted it to be. So that's just part of now the last I think, six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that can be really hard too. this idea that we feel this pressure from whether it's from our parents or our coworkers mm-hmm. or just society in general, that 
we're supposed to have this plan and then we follow it through and you know what some people just end up working a job and they don't like it and like that's just how life is mm -hmm. but i feel like especially now in the world that we live in with exposure to so many opportunities it's really hard to accept that and mm -hmm. to believe that that's the truth. And I know, I'm not sure if you can resonate with that, but I know for me, I was like, no, like this isn't possible. I can't sit at this desk for 35 years just because this is the way it's supposed to be. So can you kind of get into a little bit about that sort of realization and coming to terms with the fact that like, okay, I was told that it was supposed to be one way, but now as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize that perhaps there's other opportunities out there for me or a different way that I could approach this thing called life. Absolutely. I I think for me, like it, it came from a different uh, like perspective, right? Like my parents were immigrants that came from Sri Lanka. They went to, they were more like refugees technically, and they went to England and they came to Canada. And I mean, they had completely different journeys in terms of what they want to do. My mom used to be a kindergarten teacher back home, uh, but then she came here, she couldn't do that. So then she had to do a desk job. And it was just to make ends meet. So like that's when growing up, it was kind of going through that model of like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But it also came from a sense of privilege. Like I didn't have to worry about the struggle that my parents dealt with. And so as I started growing up and going through my own career, I started realizing like, you know, my parents made tons of sacrifices, uh, even once again, career wise. And it would have been weird for me to have continued that given that they've given me so much to already work with. It was this weird sense of obligation to be like, I need to do more with this. And there's nothing wrong to say if you want to do that 40 hour desk job, that's that it is what it is. Uh, I think for me though, I wanted to find something where it's like, Hey, I had a, I had a skill set, I had a passion to do things. And it doesn't mean that I had to do the thing that I assumed I had to when I was 18. I don't know. I forget where I heard this from, but like your, your brain doesn't fully develop by the time you're like, until you're like 25, right? Like yeah. how could you possibly know how you're feeling like without seeing things? So I think for me, it was like when I started doing these jobs that I was like, this doesn't make sense for me to do. It finally clicked in to say like, what makes sense? And then you start going down that path and that path gets dark and messy. But I think, yeah, for me, it was just once again, we were told this is what we were supposed to do and not realizing the world's a bigger place. I don't know about you. Like I thought there was only like what eight professions going into university and you kind of had to fit one. It was like doctor, lawyer, right. Engineer. And then you realize, no, there's a lot of different ways you can contribute to this. So that's kind of, I guess, and I'm still doing it today. Right. I think so are you, right. We're, we're all trying to discover what we can offer. And that's it. I think that once you're sort of exposed to this idea that like literally anything can be a job, then it also is sort of this place where you're like, well, how do I just pick one thing if there's 50 things that I'm interested in now that I know that all of these things are real jobs? Like, yeah. what do I do? And some of the stuff doesn't doesn't even exist, right? Like, or it, it was very, it's an infancy, right? Even the stuff that you're doing, Danielle, like, Mm -hmm. Did you have a career path built through it? Like, did you know the steps that like, it, exactly, right? Like I can see you nodding. I know the audience can't see you nodding. <laughs> but the idea is that like, there's so many things that we'd want to try to do, but we just don't know how to like monetize it. Or we don't even know how to start with it. And so we're, we're so we're turned off from it because how do we make a living out of it? And it's difficult. So that's why we go to those nine to five jobs. And we kind of I don't want to say settle, but it's more like, what else do we do? So there's a lot of challenges that come from it and kudos to you, man. Like I, I see all the stuff that you're doing. It's, it's awesome. Like I wouldn't know step one where to begin. And I think there's a lot of people that would enjoy the stuff you do, but you know, how did you like kind of piece that together? And that's kind of it is like, even now I was having this conversation with my fiance last week of like, 
I don't know what to do next because I feel like there's so many directions. Once you get into the realm, especially of entrepreneurship, you like, I started as a yoga teacher. Well, then I started specializing in like PTSD because I'm also a part-time firefighter. So then it's Mm -hmm. like, now I can bring yoga into first response, but then I also want to be doing like retreats and there's so many different ways you could take it. It's really hard to know, like, where am I going to focus my energy? That's going to bring me the most fulfillment, but it's also going to bring me obviously like a monetary return because I'm running a business and I have bills to pay. So coronavirus has been particularly challenging Mm -hmm. time. Those of you listening, we're filming this sort of in, I think we're in like phase two in Ontario right now. And that's been a whole different challenge in itself of learning to navigate and pivot like, okay, the way I was doing business before isn't allowed. So how can I still hold on to my business and sort of stay persistent in growing it in a way that's legally allowed, but also will serve me in the long term, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I, I, I applaud like the creativity that people have to go through. So like for me, I am still technically in like a nine to five job, albeit doing something I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. Uh, but I know for people that are having their own business, like how do you even prepare for something like this? It's not, this is not, there's no manual for preparing for a global pandemic. So I know people had to really think outside the box and I'm assuming you probably do like video yoga sessions and yeah, exactly. And I started my online membership so people can just do it all virtually, but yeah. And how quickly did you have to put that all together? Like probably in like a month. Yeah. So I would honestly say, and I'm pretty open about this, like the first month, like the end of March, beginning of April, I just like Mm -hmm. sat around feeling sorry for myself. Like, well, this sucks. I'm not making any money, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of took a while for me to be like, okay, like you're an adult. It's time to pull up your big girl pants and get back to work. Yeah. And let me say that though, like the, the, the first month you dealt with, like, I've been telling people this, like, I, like you, nobody will ever blame you for not coming out of this, like successful, right? Like I think right now the challenge is for people to just survive. Surviving itself is a success story on its own. And then from there, like, how else can you grow and develop? So for me, I'm able to work from home. I'm very fortunate there. But then at the same time, are there ways for me to continue to develop and grow, right? So, hey, we all had those periods. I had that period too, where I was like, oh, wow, the end of the world potentially could come in like a few months. Like, but hopefully not. Let's hopefully not. We're hopefully all here. Uh, but the idea is that no one's ever figured this out. And it, if people are telling you that, or if you're feeling the pressure of like, I need to come out of this, like a superstar, like, no, just, just get through this. We'll like, that's the big hurdle right now. Let's make sure we're taking what proper health precautions here. And uh, hopefully at that point, we'll piece it all together. But I, I, I don't, when I heard you see, feel bad for the first month, I don't, I honestly say like, dude, that's the world was crumbling. How else were you supposed to feel? Right. We're human. Mm. And I think that this, sort of idea is really applicable regardless of whether there's a global pandemic going on or not. Just this Mm -hmm. idea of the fact that with life, there's so much uncertainty with everything, whether it's careers, relationships, friendships, the way we spend our free time, so many things could happen that we don't expect and learning how to sort of navigate through those feelings, through those challenges and those hard times where we're kind of questioning ourselves being like, am I making the right choice? I don't know. 
mm-hmm. um, and just letting yourself lean into those emotions and feel them the way you need to, to be able to get through them is also really important. Would you agree? I, I absolutely. And it, it, it's interesting, right? Because I forget who said this to me, but the idea is like, while you're doing, you can't think. And I think we're in a culture where that we were just constantly doing stuff. And the coronavirus made people have to stay home and kind of take a pause. And it was funny because I was watching social media and like, or keeping traps of it. And people were like, oh, I made this coffee. Oh, I made like these like croissants or whatever, and bread. And then at some point you realize the post slowed down because people had to like, they couldn't distract themselves anymore. Like, it wasn't a two week thing. They had to start now thinking about things and reflecting. And now this, uh, honestly, I think, and I mean, this is why we kind of connected was that like, I started having some more real thoughts on social media and people really had to start digesting and thinking about these things, uh, whether they did it through my posts or not. But the idea is that you couldn't escape your life at some point, like you just had to face it and uh, really digest what was in front of us. So I think as terrible as what's occurred, and I'm not going to dismiss the horrors of what this virus was, like, I hope there's a lot of benefits for people that came out, at least in the sense of deep in, like, thinking a little deeper, uh, because they had to at this point, And hopefully that's something they'll continue to practice. Yeah, I love that. So I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more about what you were just talking about. So side yeah. note, I have been following you so closely on Instagram <laughs> that my fiance, who has never met you before, knows who you are because you always post really hilarious Instagram stories. And I'm like, look what KV's saying today. Like, this is so good. So for those of you yeah. who aren't familiar with KV, you should go follow him on, on Instagram <laughs> because he rants about the funniest things. And it is honestly like the highlight of my week every time. But that's nice. ended up reconnecting <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see sort of like a slightly different side of you in that you were actually being super heartfelt, super serious, and just like very open about your journey all the way from like childhood up until now, which obviously we don't have three hours to talk about everything. Um, I thought that the message that you were sharing was very, very relevant to the audience of this podcast. And I would love for you to share a little bit sort of about navigating those feelings of uncertainty of personal growth and of just sort of trying to find yourself because KV just turned 30 last hey. week. So. <laughs> the big three. Oh, what's the, uh, the dirty thirties. Yep. That's there it. There you go. So, yeah. So just to go on that, I, I guess you, you're referring to obviously like that 30 for 30 series, which is kind of a parody on the ESPN 30 for 30 sports stories. Uh, since I was turning 30, I wanted to show like, a, like every year and like a highlight. Uh, but before all of that even happened, it was we were, what we were talking about, right? When the coronavirus happened, all I could do was think. And some, I was dealing with already a lot of mental health issues. I was dealing with a little bit of anxiety and depression. And I found for me throughout the coronavirus was that I needed to take this time if I was going to stay home and not do anything was to like take the time to think about what's happening and how, why I was feeling this way. And I addressed a lot of demons. And so I, when I got out of that, i I felt kind of good. And I wanted to just be like, why don't people do this? Like, I, I know we talk about mental health quite often. I mean, there's like the bell, let's talk days and all that, but it doesn't feel like we ever talk about it. So it started off with me posting a little bit more honestly about kind of my emotions through it. And I think people really responded to it in terms of the honesty of it. And from there, when I did the whole 30 for 30 series thing, uh, it was more like, I think I could, I didn't go in thinking that I could just make this giant story, but it was at the same time, like maybe I can share that experience in a little bit more detail because it clearly was helping people. Uh, Because I think when you talk with social media, you think what 
people traveling to like Greece and the blue water and the white buildings and like the like it's everything's picture perfect and nothing about life is picture perfect. And so I think that was a big focus for me was that when I was showing stuff on social media, it's like, yeah, like this is a cute picture, but like, what did that mean? So like, for example, when I was growing up, like I was, I guess the term was like kleptomania. Like I used to just steal stuff. Like that started with small things. And as I got older and now we're going into my adult life and my career, it was around trying to figure out like my identity. Like that was a big thing. So uh, that's when I think most of my mental health problems started like really festering was that. I was working in a call center. It was like a part-time job while I was teaching. And I was looking to do a career shift through the bank because I wanted to do more adult education stuff. But I found that even though I had a bachelor's of mathematics, a bachelor's of education, I was getting near the top in sales, not the best, but like I was still doing pretty well, all things considered, there was this, this ceiling and I just couldn't pass it for whatever reason. And I started to really get upset about it. Uh, and I kind of was introduced to quote unquote, the game, the game that you kind of had to play, uh, to move up the corporate ladder. But, and it was things like dressing up fancy and speaking to managers. And I get that there's part of a business culture that exists with it, but I also knew that everyone on the phone channel was people of color and all the managers were white. And this kind of trend of just self-identity, like, so like the identity portion just kept going through my, my years trying to be like, who am I then? Right. Because I, I had to kind of disguise myself and then. Uh, some things happened in terms of just you know disappointments and it really takes you down in a spiral and then you start questioning the meaning of it all. So once again, no, I don't want to go too far into it unless you want me to, but the idea was that like when we slip, sometimes we like we we slip hard and it's it's weird that none of us talk about it. And so a big focus for me was that like, hey, here's my story. I know sometimes people don't feel like they want to share it because they don't have this big traumatic experience. Like I don't have like a huge traumatic experience per se to kind of to like say what happened, but I can still feel pain. I can still feel sadness. And how do I go about my day to days? And so when I posted all that, I started having really good conversations with people around it. Like people are saying like, I felt that kind of level of depression. Like I've had, you know, quote unquote plans in terms of, you know, suicidal ideation. So I was like, it's sad because these are friends that I I know every day and we joke about like these fun posts that I have. But at the end of the day too, there's another side of it that you don't see. And so I think for me, it was more like posting this stuff to show people, Hey, it's here. People deal with it. Let's, let's address it. Let's feel comfortable sharing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I really appreciate you starting that conversation because I, I love the one thing you say about not having this one particular traumatic incident Mm -hmm. that caused you to end up feeling this way. Because I feel like a lot of the times when we find ourselves like feeling sorry for ourselves or feeling these bouts of like depression or negative thoughts, or perhaps even thoughts of suicide start to come in, we feel like it's not valid because we don't have this one thing we can pinpoint it to when instead really it's like a deterioration over time because like thing after thing after thing, mm-hmm. but rather than like having this one thing we can point back to makes it more difficult for us to recognize that we're allowed to have these feelings. Like you don't have to have one particular traumatic event that causes you to spiral into a depression for it to still be a real thing. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I think because we're so caught up with narratives, like I think we, mm-hmm. we feel like we have to be going on this journey that like this happens and this happens. And therefore that's why this act that this other thing happens. But sometimes life is just, it's random. It's dark and it's scary. And it just things happen. And people are starting to like, hopefully realize that like, there is no set path. Like it's just, this is life. 
So how do you deal with it? And there's never a good answer because the only answer that works for you is your own answer. So like, I can't go to you, Danielle, and say like, what did you do? Maybe like I can learn stuff from it. But at the end of the day, it's up for me to digest what my path is. And if I don't even know who I am, how can I build a path? And so I think all of us are just trying to like look around and see what everyone's doing. And that doesn't help because once again, you have to live your own life. I don't know. Maybe am I trailing off a bit? I think it, it, I think the problem with like the world is that like, you just don't know how to go about it. There's no set way. And so we're all trying to piece it together. Exactly. And this idea of like comparisonitis where like, Oh, I see this person did that. So then maybe I should be doing that. But then I like think to myself like, well, wait, I don't even want that thing. So like, why am I so upset that I don't have that thing? You know? Exactly. And it's once again, it comes from identity. So for me, I think I was doing pretty good until I started having issues with like my identity uh, when I was in that call center. And that's when I started looking at other people because I kind of was going like, well, I'm not going the direction I wanted to go did I make a mistake? And like, once you start questioning yourself, now you're starting to see like, is there an answer? You start, that's when you start looking. And those answers aren't the answers you should be looking for. And it, it, it comes from within. But I think because all of this stuff just keeps piling on, you have to keep making money to make sure that you can stay alive and, you know, eat, like, you don't have time to reflect. And so no, there, there are people that I truly believe go through their entire lives. And I don't think have properly reflected on their own journeys. Because 100%. And it's so easy. Yeah to fall into that trap and be and not even notice that you're in it. So when you're working at this call center and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well I see the, like these successful quote unquote successful people behaving Mm -hmm. in this way. So then you start showing up, you were talking about like wearing your fancy ties and your funny socks and whatever. And that was like this bit you were putting on, but maybe when you were in that and doing it, you didn't fully recognize that you were compromising your own identity yeah. try and assimilate into that culture. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think I, I knew for a little bit of what, what I was doing, but I don't think I understood the long-term effects or like what it actually meant. So for example, like I said at the beginning, my, my name's 30 letters, but I would go around always saying KV. And those are my initials. And I'm not embarrassed with my initials and people still refer to me to this day by initials and there's no problem with that. But I think there was a problem with just me, myself always having to associate myself as KV my entire name is KV Senkukudas Vigneshwaran. And so, and like you said, like I mentioned on my post there, like I, I grew up my beard. I started wearing bow ties and fancy colored socks, wearing suits. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but it, it was like, I had to cover up KV and be KV at the office. And I think if you wear a costume long enough, it's not a costume anymore. It's you. And so where does that leave you? So I think that's, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. And so, can you talk a little bit about your transition away from that then when you sort of realize like, okay, this person that I'm showing up as KV Mm -hmm. isn't actually aligned with like who I am as a person inside. So what Mm -hmm. was that revelation like and how did you make that transition? So for that revelation that unfortunately come at the call center that came from like my career after I like left the call center. I left the bank. I went back to my alma mater to work. So I work at the university of Waterloo now and I was dealing with depression. And like, I think my, this whole self-actualization came from the practice of like during COVID, like I had to really reflect on all of this. And I, I think I did it because I thought I had to, and I never really understood the underlying issues. Right. So, uh, 
these kind of conversations are coming around. And I mean, all the systemic racism that's occurring in the US right now, not just the US, but everywhere. It, it had to make me also look at my own behavior and ask myself, like, what kind of things was I doing to contribute to that? Or, or what was I doing as a person of color as well to that? I, that I think I just naturally did without thinking about it. So I, I did also reference a story that like, one time I wanted to go to a sleepover with my friends and my friends in the neighborhood are predominantly white. And my mom said this in passing and I never realized it until years, like just years ago. But it was, she was just like, you can't go because if you go and something goes wrong, you'll be the first one blamed. And I, I don't think I understood the true implication of those words until I started understanding a little bit more about, you know, intersectionality, right? Like I, I didn't get it. And once again, how could you, you don't know enough at that time. Like we, and this just goes back to trying to become an adult at the age of 18, 19, and once again, your brain doesn't form until 25. And that's when you're really starting to see the world. So it, I think for me, it, it happened literally months ago in terms of the realization like, oh, wow, like I was hiding myself. Like I knew it, but I didn't know it. And now I can kind of go back. And I've, I've also had conversations with colleagues saying like, look, my name is Kaysen. You can still call me KV because I, I still feel this weird obligation to tell people like, look, it's a complicated name. You can work towards it. If you can't say KV, two English letters, I can't help you at that time. Right. So that was the weird part about all of that was that it only came recently. And so it's interesting that we're having this chat now. It's like, I'm also reflecting on the fact that it just happened. Yeah. And it's not like something again, like you don't have the awareness that it's even going on until you have that opportunity to sort of step back and be like, okay, this makes a whole lot more sense now than when I was actually in it. Yeah. And you, and it makes sense, right? Cause when you're, when you're doing, you're doing it and it's, you're, you're kind of going on autopilot. You, you can't respond to your thoughts because you're too busy trying to figure out your career, your love life, uh, your social circles. Right. And so the fact that I can't go out on a Friday night anymore to the same extent meant that I had that extra time to ask myself, like, why did I do this and that? So like I would other things that I was able to address in terms of my own mental health at that point. And one of them was my identity, but yeah, like I, it's, it's weird. So it's, I, I, I feel weird saying it was a blessing because once again, the virus is a terrible thing and we always hope for the safety of all mankind. Uh, but like it gave people an opportunity to just sit there and say, I can't do anything but think. And I think that hopefully helped a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that it helped people let go of habits that were maybe self-destructive or relationships mm-hmm. or any of that. Because when you're not allowed to like expose yourself to those situations, it makes it a lot easier for you to let go of them once things start to go back to like quote unquote normal, whatever the new normal is. Exactly. I It'll agree with that. To step away for sure. So can you talk a little bit about kind of where you're at now and maybe advice you would like to share with other people who are finding themselves in this situation where they're feeling sort of stuck or uncertain and that things aren't maybe working out in the way they had anticipated and they don't really know like where to go from here? Yeah. Uh, so in terms of where I am right now, I am still able to work from home for the university, but I'm looking for like my next career step. Uh, and I think because I was able to kind of address certain things in terms of my identity, I started realizing like different career paths that I could follow in. So like learning and development or people and culture, organizational development, that kind of stuff, which I enjoy. I just, I enjoy working with people. And that's something I know that has to be in the forefront. And for me to give advice, I think the only advice I can give, and it's, it's weird. Like it's just, once again, take the time to th- go and think like, Take the time to reflect on your previous experience. And I think for me, the most important part was don't be afraid of what you find. 
I think a big thing for me was that I had some underlying issues from my childhood for whatever reasons that kind of came up. For me, it was around self-worth. And so an issue that I was dealing with was that I was around kids that picked on me or like just from the perspective, it just seemed like they figured it out. But how do kids even know? Like we're all faking it. And so the one thing for me that like through my own reflection, I realized was that we were all still trying to figure it out. We're still all trying to figure it out today. But I don't think I would have paid attention if I didn't acknowledge that level of insecurity that I had, right? Uh, I kind of gave myself the title of like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride in terms of like, not just like relationship wise, but like career wise and all that. And it was a bit of an ego shock, right? Like we all want to be the champions of the heroes of our lives and we still can be, but you still have to be able to address the underlying issue. And I think if you can confidently do that and truly say like what your, like what the concern was and not feel compelled to defend it, to be like, no, no, it's not actually because of that. If you're willing to accept truly what that issue could be, then you can take steps around it. So for me, it's like now, I think when people gave me compliments, I never understood it. And I always thought like, why me? Why would you say that? But now that I understand like who I am as a person, I can actually look at those compliments and go like, oh yeah, it's because I am good at those things. So if there was any advice I can give to people when they're dealing with this is that sometimes you got to face it head on. Like for you to truly understand yourself, you you have to also be able to be comfortable with things that you don't like finding. Because then at that point, you can talk about it. Then you can address it. And you can fix it, maybe not, but at least you know it's there and you can now make the necessary changes in your life around that. Yeah. And coming to this place where you're willing to accept yourself for those, those bad spots, those Mm -hmm. dark spaces. We talk about this a lot in yoga, the idea of like your dark side versus your light side. And that Mm -hmm. oftentimes in order to be able to like live in the light quote, you have to be able to get into that dark place and really see like where your behaviors are rooted and why you do certain things and sort of perhaps address some of those things you've been ignoring up until now in order for you to be able to fully access the good. Yeah, it it, absolutely. And it's, I think once again, we, we don't like to think about those things because it it hurts our feelings. We don't want to acknowledge that maybe we're always the bridesmaid, never a bride, like for whatever reason, right? Like that's a bit of an ego shock. You want to be the best of yourself. Uh, But sometimes you're not putting yourself in situations to do that. And you have to be able to say, you have to call it out, right? If one plus one is two, you have to say it's two before you can go two plus two. Like it's all foundationally based. So if your foundation is, is wobbling, of course, everything on top of it will wobble with it. And if not fall. So for me, it's like going to the, going to the foundations. And I was giving a lot of stuff like self-therapy for me, uh, medicinal marijuana was a thing, not necessarily a path that everyone has to take, but for me, it helped because it helped me kind of dig a little deeper in terms of like how I was reflecting and what kind of issues I was dealing with. So if there's any advice, two things, one, no one around you knows what the hell they're doing. We're all <laughs> like, I don't care how much money they're making. I don't care if they have kids. We're all trying to figure this out. And then two, if you, if you really want to know who you are, that also, you, that, that's finding the good, but then also finding the bad and then acknowledging that's part of you and going from there. Absolutely. I love that so much. It's so important that we're doing the work and also understanding that it is work in that it's not mm-hmm. just like, a, oh, I addressed it once and now it's no longer a problem for me. Look at me. <laughs> like yeah. This is continuously a process. And like we were talking about before, how between the age of like 18 to 25, you get exposed to so much and you're learning so much. Like 
the rest of your life, you're still going to be learning and things that are working for you now might not work a month from now, six months from now, two years from now. And so it's important for you to be constantly doing that self-reflection and seeing like, okay, where am I at today versus like where I was a month ago and knowing how to sort of gauge that journey and understanding that it's okay to sort of ebb and flow in that you might go through periods where things are really great. And then you might have to do a little bit of that hard work again in order to get back to that good spot later on. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I think for me was that while I was dealing with all this, I found there was a point where I like kind of was a, a little to get like pull my head o- above water in terms of my depression, but it didn't mean that I dealt with it. It didn't mean like it was over and it didn't mean that I wasn't going to have bad days. Uh, mm. God forbid tomorrow something terrible could happen to someone I know or something could happen in the world, right? Like these things could still happen and you could still go through a bad time. It's just now about like understanding how to manage your, your emotions and your, your state through it. And I think that helps when you understand your values. Once you understand yourself and your values, you can kind of go through it. Like, like I said, in terms of like dealing with this, this depression, it, it doesn't, like, sorry, like you said, like it doesn't happen overnight. For me, every day I was trying to address like a different portion of my life. I was going like every day was one different year and you have to take it step by step and you have to know that there's always going to be that constant reinvention, right? So like we could talk about this, Danielle, in five years and maybe I have a completely different viewpoint right? This, these things could happen. And so you have to be open to that, but you have to also be open to the fact that you can come back from it as well, whether it comes in five years or 10 years. It's just a constant battle. That's life. Yeah. I love that though. Like not the, the hard part, but I love <laughs> your perspective, I suppose is a better, better way to put that. But I'll even say the hard part. And I mean, it's that cliche, right? You won't understand happiness unless you've seen sadness and these kinds of things, right? Like they, they all kind of entwine together. So I think I'm much more appreciative and grateful for my life because I understood what it was when it was lower and when yeah. I was in a tough place. So it, it gives me that healthier perspective in the sense of like, I know how great things could be, but I also know how terrible things can be. And so the goal is trying to balance it all out. Yeah. And I think that that can be the challenge as well. So I remember seeing on your Instagram. Now, this is something I do with like everyone that I interview on the podcast is we talk a little bit about when you're not doing all the things that people expect of you. How do you like to spend your free time? And I know you talk a little bit about stand up comedy. And I already addressed the fact that this guy is hilarious. But I'd be curious to know, just to sort of, you know, end this conversation on a yeah. little bit more of a lighter note. I appreciate your <laughs> conversation so much, but um, I think it's important to show as well that we're just like regular people mm-hmm. doing regular things and we all have interesting hobbies. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much to share on it because it's more of a recent thing, but something was like when I was trying to go through like dealing with my depression, it was more about finding the things I found passion in. And so growing up, I love comedy. I always loved comedy. People say, when I tell people I love Zoolander, it's one of my favorite movies. They're like, it's a terrible movie, but it's hilarious. And so I want, I decided like there was a second city in Toronto and they did classes on Thursday. So I actually took off every Friday for like seven weeks. And I just would go from Waterloo to Toronto and I'd stay at the weekend at my folks' house to see him, like see them and my nephew. And I would learn like how to like build jokes and then like how to deal with like, so, so like, things that are like setups and punchlines and tags. You can look up all these terms. And then I had to go do like a, like a graduation class. And it was so funny because I, I did it 
And I told my friends, I'm like, oh yeah, it was like a friends and family thing. And none of them were like, wait, we didn't get an invite. I'm like, of course not. I wanted to do this by myself. Uh, and I've gone to a couple bars and I, to be honest, I was still kind of fighting a lot with my mental health. So I didn't do as much as I could have. And I wanted to do more now, but I mean, it's tough to, so I've been kind of just writing down jokes constantly. And that's kind of, I guess how I'm filling time. It's like, and so what I'll say about like the cold comedy thing was that like anything can be funny with attitude so like for example pillows aren't inherently funny but you can find something weird about a pillow or you can find something fun like funny or scary about a pillow for example and that's where the comedy comes from so it's just it's just funny to kind of now i'm looking at the world in the sense of like oh clouds and i'm like i'm just taking an object like that and like what's funny about it what's weird about it what's scary about it what's like what makes you upset about it and so that's the kind of stuff i'm kind of enjoying right now and so even when i post stuff on like on social media it's like it's just about like the weirdness of things, things that we just see from regularly. And then you go, oh no, that, like, that's weird for some reason. And then trying to build like a, a joke and narrative through it. And that's kind of what I've been kind of doing right now to keep myself interested. I know no bars are open right now, so I can't go on stage and do it. But hopefully when they start opening up within reason, of course, social distancing, then I'll hopefully have a set of jokes that none of you will see and then I'll get better jokes. And then hopefully you can see that. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that so much though. It's so nice when you find like, or not so much find because I think a lot of us know like what our interests are. Once you like intentionally make the time to pursue things that you have Mm -hmm. been wanting to dive into. It's so, so important um, and is also beneficial for your mental health in the long game too, I think. Yeah. It's like, it's taking, it was part of, for me, it was like taking back my life and part of it was like, I love humor. I want to incorporate that in there. So it was just a cool different thing. And like, yeah, and I think that was a different thing. I, I started realizing that I was more of an individual when I started doing these hobbies because I wasn't looking at anyone. I was just doing the things that I like. And then people started realizing like, hey, this is really cool. And then I realized it was really cool because it was different. So, yeah. That's yeah. so interesting how yeah. like, I don't know, I say this with a lot of my clients and it might not make sense to you, but I always say like, we don't know that we already know the things we know. Like our brain knows what's right for us, but our conscious mind can't seem to understand things or recognize the things that we already know are true for us. Whether that's Mm -hmm. hobbies, careers, relationship choices that we're making, it can be difficult for us to sort of accept the fact that like, okay, I need to lean in and like go after this thing. And it could come from insecurities. Like, so for me, it was around the sense of like, I didn't think people would listen to my jokes. And it came from my, my, my thing of self-worth was that like, why would people listen about my opinion, like listen to my opinion? And while I was sharing all this stuff and going through the process, I realized that like, people really appreciated my insight. And so for me, it was around like, oh, I am an interesting person. I, I can do this. And so it, once again, I think it came from that insecurity of, should I go on stage? Would people even listen to me? Like my biggest fear is not being booed, but no reaction, like zero reaction. That would imply that I'm just, I'm just standing there burning time. So I realized soon, like, no, people want to listen to this, right? Like anyone that goes on stage and dances, there's a fear of how people are going to perceive it. But if you enjoy doing it, just go do it. And you'll find that people really gravitate to that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a beautiful perspective to have. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on here, for your honesty, for being so open with sharing your perspective, your experience. I think that so many people who listen to this podcast will 100% be able to resonate with this message of really needing to do that difficult work in order to start to step up and into the person you want to become and to continue to evolve into. So I really appreciate you coming on here. 
No, thank you. And I, if this, if these kind of conversations help other people, like, I think that's the, that's the whole pl- like point of all this. So I appreciate that. And I love the stuff you're doing, dude. Like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on yeah. here. Um, where can people find you if you don't mind them coming? I already told them all. The yeah. Too, so. Right. On. Uh, <laughs> On Instagram, KV Rant, like you're ranting about spoiled fruit that nobody eats. I don't know. R-A-N-T-S. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm not posting stuff just because I posted so much and I feel a little exhausted. But when I get back, you'll see all the, the weird stuff that Danielle likes for some reason. Also, tell your fiance I said hi. I didn't realize I had a fan. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. All Number right. one. I will talk to you again so, so soon. Thanks again. Bye. Yeah, wait. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.